Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 45. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be looking back on the first month of the 12 Song Challenge, dissecting the modern classic, So Will I, and considering how to write an eco-song of worship, as well as responding to your tweets, posts and emails. Hi, Joel. Oh, hello. Hello. Normally I start by saying hello. Well, you paused, so I jumped in. <laughs> Thanks. How you doing, Sam? What's what's going on? What's been happening? Uh, yeah, quite busy. Uh, we went to Cumbria and did a weekend in Penrith, doing mm. a whole life worship weekend and uh, leading and preaching in a, a Methodist church, uh, which was very nice. Yeah. And we're quite busy with a few various projects. Um, uh, I'm working towards uh, an intensive at LST. I'm going to be teaching on youth and worship in November and uh, December. And it's going to be really good. We've got some guest input from Mark Iaconelli from the States who wrote the, uh, literally wrote the book on contemplative youth ministry and also a guy called Mark uh, who's involved in a thing called Urban Praise Project. don't know if you've come across him. Uh, he's going to be involved as well, uh, leading worship and talking about what they're doing. So, yeah, it should be really good. Do you find, do you, find you get um, increasingly detached from the youth part of youth and worship or are you... Are you well, because I'm so you, old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now that you're n- nearly 40... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I mean i'm not a sort of full-time or you know youth worker but we just kind of keep keep trying to do things but i yeah i mean increasingly i feel like a lot of young people's music is just a noise which probably makes me very old <laughs> is that how you start the <laughs> yes. let me just say i feel your music is a nightmare yeah that's good how about you joel well i've been um after a sort of slightly bored august as i often have and i forget that September is going to hit with a vengeance and I'm ill prepared mm. and um but yeah loads of stuff so obviously we've launched the 12 soul challenge this last month we've been fantastic we'll talk some more about that also released the new hymn of peace that we've been mentioning at various times um mm. on the podcast we're going to look into more detail at that I think next week uh, next week next month um but yeah that's the fruit of lots of work um really particularly enjoyed working with um Mark Edwards, the producer, and Jonathan, who sang it, and also um, Rhiannon, my wife, who creatively directed Laura Middleton and Dan Thompson in making this animated sort of 2.5D animated video. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, I've also got to be... I've been having to put together a a presentation on the year of Schwoof. So Schwoof is the Song and Hymn Writers Foundation, which is what... Um, resound and jubilate and this podcast and so on are part of and supported by a charity and that's been really exciting just listing all the stuff that's happened this last year it's a good thing to do every now and again just go and list things that have happened you see what god's doing amongst you i think i yeah. found that really encouraging um yeah. the other thing is um sam i'm i'm gonna go and work for the for the other ones uh for the other um British uh, academic institution uh, in certain ways rivaling LST. Uh, Nexus. No, no rivals. It's all for the kingdom, buddy. Oh, yes. It's all for the kingdom. So, um, yeah, I've, I've agreed to go and teach a day a week on the um, popular music and worship studies course at Nexus in Coventry. So I'm really excited about that, um, working with guys like Daniel Johnson. And um, I, so I went there for my first um, 
it was a bit like an induction for me really. This sort of went for my first half day last week. And they had one of the um keyboard tutors. Am I gonna get his name right? Matt Cossey, I think is his name. Doing yeah. a recital. And basically he just done a master's in performance studies and so he was doing a, a recital as part of the kind of welcome to the students. <laughs> it was, yeah. And they had a band of the tutors. Oh my goodness. It was, was sort of good. It was embarrassingly good. <laughs> to the yeah, extent yeah, yeah. where for the rest of the day if anyone said to me so what do you play oh, I don't really play anything. <laughs> <laughs> ukulele I just sort of, no no I just I'm a bible teacher I just I can <laughs> hey but I can bo- I can quote bible characters at you if you want <laughs> come on hit me four syllables Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> um, excellent yeah so I'm really excited about doing that um, and I'll probably be picking your brains a bit but that isn't that great we've got these um and there may be other things happening, but certainly that we're connected with these two institutions that are doing degree courses to yeah, equip totally. Christian musicians, not just with music, um, but with theology and particularly orienting it in the sphere of worship. And it's really exciting. It's mm, great. Shall we dissect a classic? Dissect a classic. Yes. In that case, we're going to bring in um, our good friend. So welcome to the show, Chris Juby. Oh, hold on. I've just realised I need to... Uh... To mute my banjo head. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be... We're going to play that at the beginning of every episode from now on. (laughs) I just realised I need to mute my banjo head. I just imagined Chris's head being a banjo. And he had to press a button on it. We've called Chris in because we're going to review um, the Hillsong United song, So Will I, or One Billion... X, one billion times. A hundred billion X. Don't say Oh, this is a hundred. I got that wrong last time. And that is, I have. Gosh, I reduced it by a factor of a hundred. A hundred billionks. We're going to review a hundred billionks. And um, the truth is, even though I don't know it that well. So we thought, let's get Chris in because I know Chris does. And he'll have some really, he has helpful thoughts on everything. But he's sure to have some helpful thoughts on this song. Um, let me give a, a quick bit of intro as the person who doesn't know it very well and you can add your intros but I, um, I found as we always do just do a little kind of google and try and find someone talking about it. and Joel Houston was, was was talking about the song two things that struck me one was that um, about this number 100 billionks that he said um, well we've, I love this it's quite nice and honest he sort of said well you know there's, we've had a thousand times I've failed and 10,000 reasons he quotes some other song that has a million in we just thought Phew, we can go bigger than that. What's the biggest number we can think of? <laughs> that was, I mean, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. That's just isn't, kind of... Isn't a Googleplex the biggest number that we know? Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's what my Google daughter tells Plex. me from the science so, podcast. Do, do, do. Yeah, I don't think it works. 10 to the power so, of Google. <laughs> Which is... So I, 10 to the power I, of 10 to the power of 100. Chris, my challenge to you is that you... Uh, Get that into a song. A Googleplex. My boys would yeah. love it. In my house, a Googleplex is the highest the highest good. So he says, this song is about God as an artisan. Uh, God as an artist working his masterpiece, a work of art called love. And it begins with creation, goes through the whole story where it was finished at the cross. And now it continues to be rebirthed and restored in and through us here and now. The whole picture is response. 
If the stars are made to worship, so will I. You know if creation bows before you, so will I. For all exists to praise you, so will I. And the more we thought about it, the more there was just endless metaphors and pictures and things that came back to this response. And maybe nothing better than if you laid your life down, if you gladly chose to surrender, so will I. And if you left the grave behind you, so will I. To me, that's everything, the entire story of why we're here and our purpose and what it means to follow Jesus and live for him. So there is that's from the uh, the mouth of the songwriter. Um, but let's just have a think about it. So what we do, uh, Chris, as you know, I think we try and pick out a few things that we think make it a bit of a classic. And um, and then afterwards, when we've shared these things, we try and work out what we would, what we would have done if they mm. brought it to us. And we'd, um, which we always usually quite glad they didn't. Uh, so, Chris, come on, give us a few uh, of your pro points from this song. So I think uh, my favourite thing about this song is just the the sheer ambition in the lyrics, the poetic ambition, the the vastness of the vision. One of the things that we frequently complain about about contemporary songs is they just recycle the same old images again and again. And the thing mm. that I think is most striking about this song that caught me just straight away is uh, with even just within this one song, there are about six or eight individual moments of lyric writing that just really catch your imagination, really sometimes take your breath away, actually, with... Uh, just the, the freshness and the beauty and the grandeur of what they've managed to capture. So when it says things like, uh, in, your, in the vapor of your breath, the planets form, mm. or um, uh, 100 billion creatures catch, catch your breath evolving in pursuit of what you said. Just these images that immediately spark in the mind. Um, you've never heard anything like it before, and uh, it really lifts the soul to worship. It's quite interesting, isn't it, how... The song doesn't really have a repeated chorus, in a sense. It has a sort of verse-chorus structure, but every what you would think of as the chorus is actually different. And the repetition is using these devices like 100 billion galaxies and then 100 billion creatures catch your breath. And then later on it talks about uh, 100 billion failures disappear. And, and then that lovely line about, I can see your heart 8 billion mm. different ways, which is... You know, there are 8 billion people on the planet. So it's mm. it's the repetition is not we're going to repeat the chorus directly. It's we're going to take the same kinds of ideas, but tweak the lines each time. I think that's really clever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the obviously the repeated response. Really, the, the main hook of the song, I guess, is is uh, we we kind of recognize who God is and what he's done. And then there's the so will I response. And I love the yeah. way re- they've really successfully, I think, uh, throughout the song kind of set up lines that that magnify God uh, and then give us a, a response where to say so will I is a really mm. meaningful thing to say I love the line where it says uh, if you left the grave behind you so will I that's just such a mm. it's such a rich kind of discipleship such a rich uh, kind of uh, worshipping invitation that they, they take us there and, and they do that all the way through the song it's really impressive I think the way they've managed mm. to make that work one thing to say about the song there's, there's a kind of uh, a a sort of cliche in in contemporary worship circles that that Hillsong are all style but no substance, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know even if that perhaps was fairer at some point in history, it certainly hasn't been true for a, a good number of years now. And I think like this is such abundant evidence. Um, one of the writers on here, Benjamin Hastings, has been involved with uh, a good few of recent Hillsongs, which really have theological and poetic ambition. He was involved with writing. Oh, praise the name. He was involved with um, uh, um, Crowns off uh, a recent album, which I absolutely love. Uh, he's got a song on their Christmas album called Arrival, which has 
it, it's quite similar to this actually it's just the same level of of poetic ambition so i really think it's time to kill that idea dead that that hillsong have no substance it's it's really impressive mm. what they're trying to do they're actually i would say at the moment they're they're out in the front um in terms of really challenging us worship songwriters to to increase our ambition for what we're saying in our songs and not just recycle the same phrases is there some controversy about the because i think one of the other great things about this song is it does really definitely try and mix the god story with some of the language we use about evolution um you know our, our knowledge about the vastness of the universe which people just didn't have you know in bible times um is is there some controversy? I'm, I haven't really followed it, but uh, and and what would you say, Chris, in response to that? Yeah, certainly in some circles, um, you know, where questions around science and faith are more contentious, I think there has been some talk around that line uh, evolving in pursuit of what you said. Um, because as you say, this de- this is definitely a song that's kind of um, significantly engaging with popular scientific understandings of the cosmos, uh, rather than kind of primarily scripture as the as the starting point i was wondering whether i would get a little bit of pushback um about that when i started leading it at king's Um, but that really hasn't been the case actually in fact quite the reverse like i think it's just people have found it incredibly liberating Uh, i watch sometimes Mm. i watch people you know move to tears because they're able to sing things uh you know we have a lot of academics in our congregation you know people are, are able to sing things that that are kind of richly true to their kind of fields of academic study um and are are true about god as well so so certainly in our context that that's that's not been any kind of controversy actually it's been a, a real benefit for it and i would say sort of a how i would kind of um position this is something like crown him with many crowns you know which i think in its mm. own time did a similar thing you know uh creator of the rolling spheres uh ineffably sublime these are kind of contemporary ideas and and uh, uh you know ways of phrasing from that time which which kind of draw not primarily up from scripture but uh but from contemporary ideas so in best case scenario this is a this is a contemporary crowning with many crowns uh, yeah we'll, we'll see whether that works out i was thinking that um the there's something like an idea the, the thing of evolution and i mean they take a kind of i suppose you'd call this theistic evolution wouldn't you if you're going to place it theologically sure. and um taking something like that which probably for a lot of christians is a oh every time i hear evolution and i think to myself well i'm pretty sure evolution happened but i feel like i, I like somehow that's a taboo or some that there's a sort of redemptive thing going on mm. with an idea there isn't it which is saying look how we've put this idea and in the context of worship and it's causing us to have awe at the majesty and the wonder of of God, it's very much got this idea. You know, it, it it's really kind of saying evolving because you caused them to, and and it, it keeps God at the centre of it, doesn't it? It's not yeah, a, and it's not, not evolution of chaos. Not even just the cause. Like what I absolutely love about it is it it fills that can you know popular science idea with a sense of purpose. Actually, it's evolving in pursuit of what you said. This this sense that that God's mm. eternal yeah. word is speaking throughout history, and uh, all of creation is kind of reaching to kind of catch up with it uh which kind of carries that yeah. sense of like one day you know everything will be reconciled together i absolutely love that and how about musically chris do you find this easy because you said you've led it um you've led it in your congregation how how easy do you find it to, to lead and for people to join in with um yeah so it's it's the first thing to say about it is very long um it 
and mm. and because the lyrics are so um rich it does dominate a set of worship in the way that a hymn tends to dominate a set of worship kind yeah. of lyrically and and thematically you know you can't really you can't casually put this in a worship set that's for sure um because <laughs> uh just the length of it and and the complexity of the ideas uh sort of mm. force everything else to kind of fit it fit in around it um it's actually it's a relatively tricky song to deliver well with a band as well actually because um the uh because it's got so many sections it mm. it can be it can feel incredibly repetitive if you don't give it quite a good arrangement um we've mm. definitely had to work quite hard with our drummers to um to to just make sure that the arrangements that we're putting together support the song and help help the sense of progression through the song and because perhaps the song doesn't the melody certainly doesn't have within itself like particular highs and lows other than other than the bridge it's quite a repetitive melody um our congregation have done fine singing it though there's no problem there um once they've got the hang of it and you've got plenty of time to get the hang of it when you sing a song this long uh you know so <laughs> there, there haven't been any issues there is there anything then either of you that you would um you would have suggested had they brought the song to you you just said oh, i reckon you could improve this bit um so i i guess um engaging with popular science ideas is is um is a kind of double-edged sword really isn't it like on the one hand that's so fresh and it's so inspiring um but i think when you sort of hang your hat on uh on contemporary ideas rather than really deeply grounding stuff uh in scripture there's a sort of sense that it's a little bit more hostage to fortune and there are obviously scriptural themes all the way through this song i'm not denying that but probably the most striking images are kind of very contemporary images and so i i wonder to what extent that will affect the long longevity of the song and uh so perhaps if the, if this song if if i'd been having a look at a draft of this song i would i would have said are there ways in which you can more explicitly and more deeply sort of connect these really fresh things you're saying with uh kind of obviously scriptural things hmm. or, or you sort of obviously scriptural language yeah and and show that you're drawing on that and expressing yeah i can see that i think what chris says about the fact that it would dominate a set i think is is quite interesting and i wonder whether for example you've got this kind of bridge section if the stars were made to worship so will i if the mountains bow in reverence so will i if the oceans roar your greatness so will i and then it, it's got a whole you know it's got there's eight different lines there and i know mm. it's so will i is repeated but I just and and they're, they're all great things to say, but I do wonder if at that point could you have not gone for a really simple bridge section that would just mm. sum up what you were saying and you know be a kind of exhale moment because I feel like in a sense the song is um, it definitely has response in it, but it feels very weighty mm. um, and there's not so much of a kind of exhale moment mm. of like. Oh, this is simply my response here. Um, so that 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 is a question. But of course, once they've written that great, you know, bridge, it would be really hard to cross it out and just have and so will I and so will I. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a tough one. We've definitely found in practice that uh, that we've always wanted quite a a simple response song to follow after <laughs> this song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to sing anything classic, else. Just yeah. to follow it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I've, one thing I might 
have asked if this draft passed across my desk was uh, was uh, does the melody really stand by itself if you just sit there yeah. and, and play the melody on you know with a single finger on the piano no it's it's fine but it's nothing special um and i think certainly for me i always feel like if a, if a song's going to have longevity then the really the melody needs to by itself it needs to be something you'd want to hum without any kind of knowledge of the uh, recorded arrangement um and i think the people that really love this song are mainly people that have heard the recorded arrangement i have mm. you know i just have a question mark about whether the melody is strong enough that anyone who doesn't have the incredible you know incredible drums and synths and things in their mind while they're hearing it i wonder whether those people are kind of thinking you know there's anything special about it at all certainly from a melody point of view and that's something we've talked about on, on the show quite a few times isn't it this this idea that when you know stand in church and the worship leader has got the album in their head while they lead yeah but the rest of the congregation hasn't and so they're actually they're having slightly different experiences that's fantastic thanks chris for coming on to join us and for sharing some thoughts there and my final question to you is how you getting on in the 12 song challenge uh, <laughs> yes i really i should have a look at that i've got so many songs on the brew that it's uh there's difficult to to prioritize any of them chris thanks so much for joining us thank great you, to see thank you, you. time for brian's brain a new slot because i sent sam a book for his birthday what was the book called how not to write a, a, hit, a hit song, song by yeah. brian oliver um i feel no, like i could have written that book really how yeah. not to write a hit song <laughs> like based on well my extensive qualified. experience of not writing a hit song um and um i had no idea what it was i wasn't even sure if it was a self-published thing and i was the first person to buy it but i thought let's send it it's got a hundred tips in it or something so sam is going to bring us a tip a tip per podcast. What have you got for us this time, Sam? Well, Brian very helpfully talks about uh, having a deadline. And his example is the Bee Gees uh, with the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. And oh. they apparently had a week uh, and they wrote, Staying Alive, How Deep Is Your Love, no. Night Fever, no. and More Than A Woman. I think it's those four. I hate them. I know, yeah, I in a them, week. But... Uh, so oh yeah, goodness. I think that that is it fits in well with the twelve song challenge. I think because we've you know we got a whole month, haven't we, to try and mm. at least kickstart something, and they just had a week to write those four hit songs. Um, but yeah, I think that whole idea of to to give yourself or to ha to do something that has a, a very definite deadline, it really pushes you to get going and finish something. Fantastic, thank you, Brian's brain. We've had a lot of feedback on the 12 Song Challenge. One of the main bits has been that uh, somebody was listening to it, I think in the car or something like that, and the, the to the podcast, and the 12 Song Challenge jingle was so loud it nearly broke their speakers or made them crash the car. <laughs> so apologies there. Well, I'll try and get that a bit better this time. Um, fantastic. Nearly 150 people are taking part in this around the world, which is amazing. Um, writing songs, picking up on this theme. Lots and lots of those people have joined our online community and are sharing their songs with each other and getting feedback and so on um one really exciting thing one one person clearly thought this was a great thing um to have a 12-month challenge so they donated 12 pounds mm. and and i thought isn't that great because we are a charity and 12 for 12 if i if i started a campaign that might be my 12 for 12 campaign so thank you uh, for that and and then to the um several other people who who joined in as well so you know do feel free to join that particular initiative it's not my initiative so i'm very happy to promote it <laughs> 
Um, last month was about writing an intercession song. It sort of sprung off the back of looking at Shine Jesus Shine um, and just the idea of asking God to move in power and do something. Um, and as always, it's been a challenge. One of the things that struck me, Sam, as I look through the various ones that, that people have written is, is how difficult it turns out to be to sort of set out in intercession and not end up writing a song of personal renewal. Yeah. Or, or of action, you know, I guess, I guess action is involved in it, isn't it? But mm. some of the songs seem to be more about, you know, God move us to do this, mm. which is part of it. But I think if you go down that line entirely, it becomes our agency rather than God's agency. Yeah. And I, I thought about that. If you write a lot of songs, you know, and over the years, I guess I've written quite a lot. Um, it sort of frees you up a bit to start saying, right, I'm just going to really focus this song on this one theme and this direction and so on, doesn't it? If you write fewer songs, and to be honest, you just you want to get out that song you've always wanted to sing. So it's pretty mm. natural, really. Um, we're going to um, share, Sam and I will share what we've done uh, with each other. And uh, But before that, we're just going to pick one out from the 12 Song community. And Sam, you've picked one out this time. Yeah, I really liked uh, Micah Pick, in fact, is his name. Uh, and he's written a song which the first line is hear the prayers of your people our father um it has a really kind of gospely feel to it uh and yet the the words are i think are particularly kind of poetic uh it's very god focused uh it has you know little bits of, of scripture kind of um quoted or kind of paraphrased within it um and yeah i think it's i think it's really strong the prayers of your people our father as we ask for our daily bread your creation sustainer provider all good things have come from your hand for if you will feed the birds above and paint the fields display trust your provision our father to meet all our needs for each day amen amen hearts bowed down and voices raised this we pray in jesus name amen amen hear the prayers of your Okay, so it's good, hey? Um, yeah. And uh, he was one of the first people to respond on the 5th of September. Mm. And uh, then he got quite a lot of feedback and he's made quite a few revisions. We talked about, initially he had the word that the, the spirit was translate. may your spirit in dwelling come aid us, translate all our groanings to praise. And there was a bit of com conversation around that. And you, I think, Joel suggested transform all our groanings to praise, which I think he's going with at the moment. Mm. And also someone suggested that he adds a kind of Amen, a simple chorus. So he's added that chorus, Amen, Amen, hearts bowed down, voices raised, this we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So which kind of just sums it all up um, and gives a bit of a kind of exhale there. Mm. So yeah, I, I think he's I think he's definitely going on the right lines with this. 
about just the very opening line of each of the verses here the prayers of your people he's picking up on an idea that a lot of people will understand mm. in certain um church circles the prayers of the people is a yeah. is a part of the liturgy it's the part of the service they do each time so just yeah. picking up that phrase it's kind of yeah we, we know what this is about and we can do it so yeah great job Micah, and well done for engaging um with all the feedback how about you joel have you written a song i've had a go sam i will t- i will say that for it <laughs> <laughs> um, which is good this is the whole point of this thing um i i've been working on this hymns of peace project and so lots of stuff around remembrance and i thought well i'll just if i can just kind of write something around that theme of peace and conflict and war and stuff and um okay <laughs> so sorry i was working on it hurriedly this morning that was something to share oh king of love prince of peace we see trouble Turn your ear to sounds of conflict, hate and fear, and let your peace be found. Let your peace be found. When nations rise and rulers rage and seas of war are sown. And see power and pride, the face of anger, the fear inside, and let your That's as far as I got. Well done. Thank you, brother. Good job. Um, yeah, I like it. I like uh, tickly, look on and see the power and pride, the face of anger, the fear inside. I think that's really evocative. Uh, you can sort of picture those images. I like the way you've still got a slightly odd rhyme scheme, haven't you? You've yeah. Kind of like a, B, and then sort of C, C, and then you go back to B and repeat that. It's it's unusual, but it does work. Oh, cool! Thank you. I, I felt I felt like the last line you could you could go back to one uh, the last oh, wait, line wait. of the verse. Your peace be found. Yeah, just land at the end there, and also um, I just think your opening line, two lines, we see trouble all around. It's a little bit. It's not really. You know, it doesn't really grab me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I see that. Um. I would change. I I realised when I got to the end of the chorus that I probably ought to do something to mirror the end of the verses or something. I've got something vaguely similar but quite different, and it seems a bit seems a bit weird. Um, I, I often when I write, I find I get to verse two and I get into the flow of writing and I write yeah. quite a good verse two, and then I have to go back to verse one and write a yeah. new one. Often happens. Yeah. Ah, oh, thanks, Sam. Well, there you go. Let's, well, well, what have you written, my friend? I had a go. Uh... Yes. Uh, well, I, I took the thing that I mentioned in the podcast of writing something for the context of um, an Azalea prayer meeting. Yeah. Um, and then ironically, I went to the Azalea prayer meeting and led worship and didn't sing the song. 
because um, there were other things I wanted to do. With this. <laughs> you sort of can't you can't just always. Uh, yeah, you can't just use it to to road test your twelve song challenge. So. <laughs> no, it seems <laughs> wrong. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a go. God, it breaks your heart to see our pain. How we sell our souls for worthless gain. Turn your ear to hear your people as we pray. Restore our nation. God, you see the child left all alone. And the woman trapped inside a home. May we reach the lonely with the love you've shown. Put an end to exploitation Break the chains and bring release Spirit moving power through our streets Wipe away our condemnation Turn our ears to songs of peace Jesus, bring your healing to our streets God, you're with the addicts and abused Bring your peace of mind to the confused and restore to wholeness all the torn and used Bring restoration For those caught in wealth or poverty And those crushed by debt and misery Jesus, you alone can set your people free Restore our nation. And then back to the. Hey, great stuff. Now you've actually, you popped this up after about three days of the challenge, didn't you? So um, you went straight for it. So well done. Thanks. Has it been, it's been, it's sort of been through a little bit of um, refining, hasn't it? After you shared it with some of the guys and. Yeah, lots of great comments. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Quite a few people didn't really like the repetition in the chorus of through our streets to our streets yeah i mean for me because azalea is about you know working with um women who sort of work on the streets i guess is the is the sort of way of talking about it um for me that was quite important and also i quite like that our streets because it for me that suggests you know our community our town without having to say town city um and also that someone was quite strong on the... They thought that my line about turn our tears to songs of peace. They said, oh, that's the best line. You should end on that. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of felt that wasn't really the heart of the song. So it, it felt wrong to end on that line. And I tweaked the first verse a bit, but 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think you're probably going to helpfully shred it, Joel. So. <laughs> How could it do? What? What? I don't know what happened, but while you were singing it, I was writing notes on the Google Doc that we're sharing. Yeah, it was a little bit well, yeah. disconcerting. As <laughs> Sam sung, what? he saw my notes pop up, and one of them just says, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what the monkey does that mean?" Oh, let's go. There's just a couple of bits I popped out. Uh, uh, I picked out in the in the verses, the end of line three. I feel like you land yeah. on a note that's not in the chord, and if you just made your landing note a, a tone lower, I think it would fit. What's the tune for the? I'm three. not sure that's true, actually. Oh, no, you're oh, right. Because you I go up. to C and I end on an A, you're right. Go down to yeah. G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, you go. Um, the... The thing, oh, the bit where I wrote what was when you said wipe away our condemnation. I realised it's quite ambiguous, and I wasn't sure whether you meant wipe away the fact that we've condemned people or the fact that we are condemned by our sin. Or I just yeah, I realised. I well, don't I, actually know I was what you're kind at. of being intentionally vague because <sighs> I think both is true. Yeah, that we're all under you know condemnation in a sense, uh, and that's a sort of Romans eight sort of idea, uh, and yet also we condemn other people um especially you know if you look at your town and you look at the sort of less uh salubrious areas you know yeah. there's a lot of condemnation towards other people so i was kind of thinking th- that the ambiguity kind of said both things but i think it'd be worth looking at just because I, I got to that point i thought i don't know quite what i'm singing but you know what i'm like i always like to know what you what you're getting at so the thing about the streets let's talk about that um it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you did. You remember in the in the last episode, you you we did cite Flight of the Concords. <laughs> yeah, somebody commented on that on the forum and said, you know, you, you're 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 dangerously close to you know, Flight of the Concords with yeah. their knives and forks on the streets. I think it's worth. Uh, um, I feel like somehow you've got to set that up, that idea, because you've not really had any reference to streets up mm. to that point. So when we land there. Because I know where it comes from, it makes a lot of sense, but you haven't really, um, you know, you could read verse one as, as particularly referencing the Azalea stuff and so on, but it's mm. it, it's in a slightly obscure way. Um, and I just wonder if... I'm not convinced overall that the somewhere. chorus is really there. Yeah. Um, I feel like the verses, to me, feel really strong. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And they get better and better. I just uh, There's some beautiful lines in there. You know, whereas actually the chorus is pretty wordy. Yeah. Um, it starts to bring up new things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm not com- I'm not convinced by the chorus. What's the what? Just sing the first line of the chorus. Put an end to exploitation. Okay. See, I, so my suggestion would be. Um, Find a, a just write one short sentence that says exactly what you want to say in the chorus. It's going to have mm. like two halves to it, or a clause and a uh, and another bit. Um, and try because you start your verses on on chord four. Maybe try yeah. starting your chorus on chord one, chord five, somewhere else, basically. Yeah, or, or yeah. chord six, um, and that might just just free it up. Um, yeah, brilliant. But some of the some of the writing. Um, you're with the addict and abused. Bring your peace of mind to the confused and restore to wholeness all the torn and used. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, maybe it's that there's a little bit of a... Um, I'm overdoing the, the critique now, but it's good. So right. I want to. But the fact yeah. that you talk about our nation, but then you talk about our streets. So there's a sense in which in your mind it was, it has quite a local 
context mm. and i think maybe there's a maybe that jars a little bit when when we're singing it we kind of feel a stretch of not quite sure it's not maybe not completely located as clearly as uh, as it could be yeah well done sam great work thanks mate 12 we're moving on to the october challenge and this challenge is called the eco songs challenge so to give a little bit of background this is something that the resound songwriting uh team have been working on for the last few months and we're, we're going to continue on working on for a bit to write a collection of basically what we're calling eco songs songs which deal with issues of creation creation care and and stuff in a context of worship things that we could sing on a sunday um and we're gonna we're sort of inviting you in on the challenge here and we'd love to see what kind of things you you come up with um it's fair to say i think that this theme is one which in in certain ways the church is playing catch up on rather than um being a leading light you know if you go back to things like slavery and and, and you look at people like Will, william wilberforce you know the, the church actually taking a lead in bringing about a change i think in this context perhaps the church has been a bit quiet and then the rest of the world have been saying look we're, we're ruining all the resources and so on um and so we're having to we've been having to play catch up in developing our theology on this and that means that actually we've got a bunch most of us have got a bunch of ideas that we've maybe held that need to be teased out and worked through and, and nuanced a bit more um so certainly as writers uh, for Rizam, we thought we just actually need to get to grips a bit with what you know what's the current thinking what have people figured out about um our attitude towards creation a couple of people that have been really helpful to readers um richard bork i couldn't remember never really know if it's borkham or baukham but it's b-a-u-c-k-h-a-m richard borkham he's a uk theologian and probably one of the most um well-respected uk theologians at the moment and he's written quite a lot on this and i would i would recommend just look up you can find some stuff online you can find interviews with him and so on talking about this this particular issue and he draws quite a bit on jürgen moltmann who um, has written this extraordinary book, and we're getting into some deep theology here, but has written a thing, mm. A Theology of Creation, which is just trying to think about creation from a theological perspective, written a whole book on it. And most of us might think, well, why don't you just read Genesis 1? And that gives you the answers. <laughs> but as Richard Borkham says a lot, everything you read in, in Genesis 1 or 2, you've got to take alongside the witness of the rest of the Bible and what it says, and then you begin to get a much bigger and richer picture of it all and another uh, from a uk perspective christopher wright has written some really helpful stuff as well and then there's these two brothers the moo brothers who i think are in the states um we so we've been reading some of their some of their stuff and i i think that's really worth doing on a theme like this is to say i probably don't understand this very well i should go read something or watch something and just go and learn a bit that that'd be my top tip for approaching it yeah and i think we get we get slightly painted into a corner, don't we, as to sort of um, sort of climate change, yes or no. Yeah. And I feel like maybe maybe let's, you know, in some ways, if that's an issue, let's just take a sidestep for a moment and, and not argue about that and more, you know, come back to the Bible, come back to theology. Um, you know, what is our responsibility towards the planet? Yeah. Um, we don't necessarily have to get caught up in, in, in you know, circular arguments um but just just to admit actually we've got a responsibility towards our planet um you know that i think that could be helpful yeah that's really good um i picked out a few examples of songs that i know which which handle this in various ways mostly it's sort of tucked in within a song and that's no bad thing actually sometimes i think just having a 
having it in the context of a song which is is talk so graham kendrick's song beautiful brokenness which must be i don't know 25 years old or something 20 yeah. at least 20 you know it's um uh beautiful brokenness hope and despair lord in the suffering this is our prayer and then he goes on to list all kinds of ways in which we need to see beauty and brokenness brokenness of people of nations and so on um in war and he has this verse rest for the ravaged earth oceans and streams plundered and poisoned our future our dreams lord end our madness carelessness greed make us content with the things that we need um mm. but really nicely written but in the context of a of a song which deals with various other things and that's no bad way to do it sometimes um, Stuart Townend um, has a song I think it's officially called Kyrie or Lord Have Mercy um, and it has this it, again it's just about mercy in, in a bunch of things that go on in life this stuff about um, lying in relationships and all kinds of things um, but one of them is forgive our driven need to make a virtue out of greed we've set our hearts on worldly things that cannot satisfy we've used tomorrow's gold today while nature chokes along the way how many years before we pay? Perhaps we're paying now. And then another example, Fred Pratt Green. I'm pretty sure we've quoted this before. And um, this is what I know you always come to, Sam. God, in such yeah. love for us, lent us this planet. Just the first line of it, lent mm. us this planet. It's it's loaded with theological significance, isn't it? And there's a uh, particularly, I think, the last verse. Earth is the Lord's. It is ours to enjoy it. Ours as his stewards to farm and defend from its pollution, misuse and destruction. Good Lord, deliver us, world without end. So many... Sam, you could riff on on how good that is. It is great. It is awesome. And I think, you know, sometimes we need to go back to some other... Um, play, you know, other sources of worship songwriting to find some of these songs because, you know, Fred Pratt Green and others were writing during the sort of 60s, 70s hymn explosion time, you know possibly outside a little bit of the evangelical uh, camp where there was an emphasis on things like creation care, which maybe evangelicals have been very slow to respond to. Yeah. Um, so actually to look at someone like Fred Pratt Green, um, Sheila uh, Murray in in Australia has written some stuff on this around the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we if we kind of search a bit wider, I think we might find stuff that that can help us to to write our own songs. Yeah, the Iona community, um, yeah, in in Scotland, the, uh, the Wild Goose stuff that they did, you know, search for Wild Goose and things by John Bell and Graham, what's his name? Mall, Mall, Graham Mall. Yeah, um, really helpful. Uh, isn't that exactly that? Just step outside your tradition for a bit and go and see. Look at the language people use. Look at how they approach it, and maybe then. Maybe then you'd reshape it into something which would make sense in your tradition. And you know, the, you, frankly, you see that in the Bible. You know, see it in Proverbs. There's teaching mm. from King what, King Lemuel, who comes from you know, and and bits yeah. that get drawn in and reshaped to say, let's make sense of this within the context of how we understand God. Um, it's no yeah. bad thing to do. Well, with the resound writers, we, what what I've done actually is to really get us going on this. Is I set each writer a challenge. Um, based on different bits of scripture or different ideas just say okay you have a go just like the 12 song challenge see what you come up with so I thought what we'd do is um, give you those I've just picked out 10 of them and um, you could pick one of those now to be honest if you if you do something else that's fantastic too but I think this would probably be a good springboard just for somewhere to start with ideas um, so I'll go through them relatively quickly look on the um, the podcast page resoundworship.org slash podcast and We'll have these listed on there underneath the podcast. Uh, or if you signed up for the 12 Song Challenge, you should get them in an email as well. But if, if not, then do 
contact us. So the first one is, uh, i just kind of given them names, Creation, Our Teacher. Um, and this just comes from the, the fact that when Jesus teaches, so often he draws on illustrations from the natural world, as if basically the way God has made the world teaches us something about the kingdom of God. So can you write a song that expresses that somehow? The second one I call Move in Power. This is a totally different, but it's thinking that actually a lot of the big responsibilities is with governments, nations and multinational corporations. So this would be a kind of a a cry for God to move in power and change hearts and change nations and change, you know, and multinational corporations on a similar level to nations and so on in terms mm -hmm. of budget and mm -hmm. influence. Um, so a big cry perhaps more related to the september challenge in its style yeah yeah um the third one is i've called it god of recycling just struck that recycling is a big thing and there must yeah. be links between that and the way that god takes us and mm. recycles us into something wonderful and beautiful um what can we say about restoration the god who makes all things new mm. the fourth one let it rest if you look in exodus 23 leviticus 25 God is really clear. Let the land rest. Let the land have a Sabbath. Let the people have a Sabbath. Um, and can can we write something about that? This idea of actually giving the earth a break, giving mm. the land a break, um, because that God has a rest. God's people have a rest. The land has a rest. It's part of the way he's created and designed everything. Um, my fifth suggestion is an eco lament. And that is where you just you get to be really downbeat. <laughs> you sometimes when we write these things, you, we might feel bad sometimes. Like, oh, it's really preachy or it's really negative or it's... We've got to have some that are mm. really negative. There's a, there's a lament for failures in this. Um, and, you know, sometimes in the biblical laments, they don't go much further than that. They just lament it. They just express mm. that. And that's good um, in itself. Uh, where did I get to? Sixth, um, justice for the planet and the poor. And this is just writing from this idea that uh, we talk about eco-justice, if you like. That's one of the, the the kind of phrases that's around. And, um, you know, for example, if the climate changes in any way, it's usually caused by the richest people with their cars and their factories and whatever else uh, and it has the biggest effect on the poorest people who rely entirely on the rain to come and the, and the crops mm. to happen at the right time and so on. So this idea of it being actually a, an issue of social justice for for humanity but wrapped in the whole idea of of, of the eco eco issue um nearly there eighth i call this who dares and this would be to go into job job 38 39 and, and onwards where basically they've had a good 37 chapters of complaining uh, or trying to explain god and so on and he's just full of this were you there when i laid the earth's foundations and then just lists these one i guess really a song of awe and humility mm. about our arrogance at somehow claiming this world beyond anything that god ever intended for us so look at the way he talks at the end of job ninthly the heisenberg principle sam what's the heisenberg principle um, That's right. You don't have to know. No, no. It's, the, without it's a little bit, of, little bit for my physics background. <laughs> Heisenberg's uncertainty principle says that you can't measure something without changing it. Essentially, okay, you can't touch right. something without changing it. Yeah. And, and Ezekiel thirty-four eighteen. And this is just a springboard for an idea. You know, it's almost taken a little bit of context, but it's a springboard for an idea. It says, "Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet?" 
That's great. Just decide, isn't that amazing? Yeah, this idea, it can we can we enjoy it? Can we take what we need from it without also ruining it? Um, can we touch it without changing it? Uh, and then, um, oh, I've lost the numbers. But anyway, um, there's this great tweet from a guy called David Taylor, who I would follow on Twitter if I were you, because he tweets all the time. He's from Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, and really, really useful. You know, he's a kind of curator of stuff, so he posts links to things mm. and so on. But one of the things he did was just, he said that he'd been reading a host of translations of Genesis 2.15. And one gets a better sense of the richness of the phrase that I cannot pronounce in Hebrew, but then gives a list <laughs> of the ways to translate it. Uh, basically, it's that God made made man, put him in a garden and commissioned him with to serve it and keep it, to till it and to guard it, to work it and watch over it, to farm it and take care of it, to cultivate and keep it. You see how just mm. looking through those translations, you get a sort of richness of the sense of what God might have made us do. And then finally, one big community psalm 104 if you read psalm 104 it's just about how god has made everything provides for everything cares for everything and humanity is listed along with everything else Mm. and we realize that um there's definitely there's something special in the way that humanity has been made but on another level we're just part of the whole community of we've all been created by god we've all been given breath by god we're all provided for by god and it it sets us in a place from which we can perhaps review our understanding of how we relate to the whole of creation as part of that community yeah i really like those ideas joe the thing that strikes me is that there's two things we hold in balance i think one i think one of those articles um you were talking about it talks about that we are in a we are in a time that is kind of unprecedented you know that biblical writers couldn't have written about because of our technology because of the way we can destroy things on a massive scale yeah you know we, we are in a unique time in history in that sense and the bible can't directly speak of that because the people didn't experience that mm. and yet at the same time we sort of we ignore the bible this on this at our peril i think and you know one of the things that really strikes me having done um, some quite a lot of outdoor worship in the last couple of years is that we have a very indoor culture to our worship and that wasn't the culture of the people who were writing the bible they spent most of their lives outdoors they completely relied on the land jesus is constantly talking in parables about the outdoors and and so scripture really has a ton to teach us about this um and i guess the challenge is i think and this is what i think your challenges do really well in this list is they draw us to scripture and then they have us reflect on scripture in the light of our kind of current experience Hmm. great well there's the challenge then for october we're all going to attempt to write an eco song and um and i guess we have in mind your congregation you know we've talked about Mm. how there are different understandings on certain things and nuances and we'll write something which is going to make sense um yeah and, and it's good you know if you have to pick a particular um theological understanding then just be clear and go with that and, yeah. and write it well i think that's always a, a, a good thing in songwriting well that's the end of our podcast for this month remember we love to hear from you so do get in touch with your questions comments and suggestions you can email us podcast at resoundworship.org on facebook forward slash resoundworship.org twitter we are at resoundworship.org and if you'd like to join in the 12 song challenge it's not too late just join in from october um send us an email and or get in touch and we'll sign you up and you can join our 12 song community 
And all that remains for me to do is to introduce our featured song for this month. And we've mentioned it already. It's the new Hymn of Peace, Hope for the World's Despair by Ali Barrett, which has been published by Jubilate. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope for the world's despair We feel the nation's pain Can anything repair this broken earth again? For this we pray in every place a spark of grace will light the way. Wisdom for all who bear a future in their hand and trusted with the care of this and When comes the hour, O oh Lord, we pray, inspire the way we spend our Yeah.